we sang several Sundays ago, What a Mighty God We Serve. It's found inside your hymnal. tell you the reason why I did that and the reason why we try to cover Bible verses and Bible passages is because there are things that we need to know, things that we need to be aware of, there are things for us to, to do. So I have three things to give you today in our lesson and this is following up on the studies in 1 John. So I want you to Think about these three things. They are they are core to us. They are foundation to us. They are all about public teaching. It's all about that Bible to you and how you take it. All right. So the first thing is the first thing about why we teach the Bible every week is because it is to get you familiar. Get you familiar with what the Bible says. All right, all the three points that begins with the G. Get you familiar with what the Bible says. To know what the Bible says. To to be exposed to what the Bible says. To see what it says, and then we'll go to the next two things. All right. Now, first of all, get familiar to what the Bible says. To know what the Bible says. Uh, come to Matthew chapter twelve. Matthew chapter twelve is where I like to go to to say that we should know we should be familiar with what the Bible says so today is not any particular topic but it is broadly saying you need to know what the Bible says Matthew chapter 12 
Look at verse number three. And all of these reference, these verses have a context to them. In chapter 12, there's a context here. And you need to take time to read it. And because I only have 45 minutes, I don't have time to read all the verses, but there are some I like to cover. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number three says this. Uh, begin at verse number one. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, verse 3, Watch carefully what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Have ye not read what David said when he was a hunger, and they that were with him? Have ye not read? What is he saying about them? He, he, he asked the question to the Pharisees. Have ye not read? Don't you know? Aren't you aware of? Look at verse number 5. Oh, or have ye not read in the law? How then on the Sabbath days, the point is, twice now he says to the Pharisees, Have you not read? Or have you not read in the law? Look at verse number 10. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they might, that they might accuse him. And so they're saying something, they're asking something of him, and he comes back with, don't you know what the Bible says? Don't you know what the scriptures say? Now, I want you to come now to Mark chapter 12. Similar verses, similar wording. Matthew, uh, uh, Mark, Mark chapter 12. <clears throat> Verse 24, 12, 24. 24. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err, because ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? And so once again he rebukes the Pharisees for their ignorance of what the Old Testament scriptures say. Look at verse number 26. And as touching the dead, that they rise. Have you not read? Have you not read in the book of Moses? And he tells you what? They should have known. Look at verse 27. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. Now, we get the, the clue from the harsh rebuke from the Lord about the Pharisees who should have known the law. They were ignorant of the law how they, it was their duty and obligation to be students of the law, but they didn't know what the law said. Uh, okay, we have the application for us today. We have a Bible. We greatly err by not knowing what the Bible says. We should know what the Bible says. Therefore, the church ought to every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever we have public services, ought to give you the Bible so that you can be aware of, to have knowledge about, to, to know some things, so that you're not ignorant about some important things. All right, so his harsher book teaches us a lesson. Now, I want you to come to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Along this line about knowing what God says, knowing what the Bible says, we have to remember as we look at the Bible when we come to church, when we hear the Bible, as we are taught the Bible at church, 
we have to remember that this is the words of God that we are learning and not the words of men. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the whole chapter is worth going through because there's only 16 verses because it teaches us the real contrast between the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God and how we should know, be aware of God's wisdom and not so much focus on the wisdom of this world. Now look at verse number 1. And there are some important words in verse in chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came unto you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. Now he's not saying he was not smart or he's not saying he's illiterate. He's saying there's a certain kind of wisdom that I am, have not come to you with because that's not why I came to you. I didn't come to impress you with a certain kind of wisdom. We'll keep reading to find out. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You already have the clue of what He came with. He came with not worldly wisdom. He came with the testimony of God. He came with a message, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That has nothing to do with the world's way of thinking or the world's education or the world's knowledge. It's, everything is about spiritual things. Verse 3, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words. Notice it says in verse number 2, I didn't come with excellency of speech or wisdom. I didn't come not, it says in verse 4, with enticing words of man's wisdom. He didn't come to impress you with what he knew about many things of this life, of his life, of his world. That's not what he came for. Now, he certainly was not an uneducated man. He is very highly intellectual, educated. He spoke many languages, very well versed in Hebrew law and the ways of the world. He said, I didn't come to impress you with that stuff because I came with the testimony of God. I came not with man's wisdom, Verse 4, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, there's a lot to say, and I would like to try to bypass it, but I cannot. He says this is about spiritual things, your faith. Your faith cannot be grounded in man's wisdom. It has to be grounded in something far superior, far, far more real than just the wisdom of men. It's in the power of God. Verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among you that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princess of this world. Now watch the word princess. It'll come up again. Our wisdom, he says, is not of the world, nor of the princess of this world that come to naught. Verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, you want to read it like this. Here's the here's the here's the, the point of what he's saying. The princess, well, a princess is a little bit above a a serf or some slave or some peon. Uh, a princess, someone who is next to the king. He's next in line. He's gotta have something going on up over here. He says, But the princess of this world, the wisdom of this world, it is not what I came with or for. Because if they had something that was spiritual, the wisdom of God, they wouldn't have crucified the Son of God. Therefore, he's saying, that is the wisdom that is not the kind that I've come to bring you. Had they had the wisdom of God, 
They would not have crucified the Son of God. He's saying, I have come with a special kind of wisdom, a special kind of message about a special kind of person. It's not from this world. Your faith has to be grounded in something far superior than this world's wisdom. Verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard. Oh, by the way, you could also use the word princess to define the really smart people of this world. And is it true that the really smart people of this world without spirit's wisdom have misled a lot of people in this world? Is it not true that the smart people of this world have says, let's do the food pyramid, the, the, the triangle? Now they've reversed it. The princesses of this world said, do this, and they have caused millions of people that have all kinds of health problems. It took them decades to figure that out, but they were so smart, they said, this is the one you got to have. It's in doctor's offices. It used to be. Now it's not like that at all. They've changed. These are the princes. These are the ones that say today, you know, let's not be dogmatic about the pronouns. He, him, all this kind of thing. Babylon is a really funny spoof about that. It's hilarious. A couple is introduced, and uh, he, shim, whatever, it, my husband. This is the princesses of the world. This is their wisdom. It is foolishness. Paul said, I didn't come like that. I didn't come that way. Verse number nine. Whereas it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that lost in verse 10. But God, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, not by the world's wisdom. Spiritual things were revealed not by the smart, intellectual, high IQ people necessarily. Oh, by the way, he's not saying it's wrong to have a high IQ. He's not saying it's wrong to be smart in the trades. He's not saying you ought not to be wise in medicine and all these. No. He's not condemning that. He's just saying when it comes to having God's truth, you don't go to the world for that. He says, I'm not come with that. I've come with something different. I've come with a different voice. I've come with the voice of God. Verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. What man knoweth the things of man, except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Paul says, I didn't come to impress you with how much I know about this and that. I didn't come with just facts and figures, information. I've come to give you something spiritual. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Verse 16, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? It is not the princesses of the world. It's not the wisdom of the world. It's not the ways of the world. It is that he might instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. How do you get that? It's not through the natural man. It's through the Holy Ghost. It's through a spiritual means. And all of that is to say, when you are taught the Bible, you are getting a voice from God, from the Bible, not from the ways of the world. This is why... The church that teaches the Bible and preaches the Bible will always be at odds with the world. Always. Um, some famous 
intellectual, smart, common sense man said, I heard it quoted by uh, General Mad Dog Mattis. You remember him? He was interviewed, and you ought to listen to the interview uh, on Uncommon Knowledge, the Hoover Institute. That's from Stanford University. Two things come out of Stanford that's good. And um, Stanford University has the Hoover Institute. It's a think tank of conservatives. And the man who interviews people is Peter Robinson. Now, if you want to take a good lesson on how to interview someone, asking hard questions without being obnoxious and making people upset with you because you don't know how to ask a good, hard question, listen to Peter Robinson. He's the man who was a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan when he wrote for him, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. He's the man who wrote that speech. He's the man who interviews all these important people, historians and so on. Peter Robinson, Hoover Institution, uh, uncommon knowledge, you, you'll benefit from that. But he quoted General Mathis, Mathis, Mad Dog Mathis, quoted uh, someone a long time ago. He says, when he's talking about wars between countries, he says when one person or one country has strong feelings and another country has strong feelings, or if people have strong feelings and people have strong feelings, he says this, you're gonna have a fight. You know why you're gonna have a fight? Because they believe strongly in some things. They're not gonna compromise. Muslims not gonna adopt Western ways. You can have a fight. That's what he's explaining about the big picture of war conflicts and war and Afghanistan and Iraq and everything else too. So what that really means to us is God's wisdom is on this side. We're going to learn God's wisdom, continue to learn God's wisdom, not from the princes of the world. They strongly believe what they believe. They're not going to stop. The Bible teaches what it teaches. It's not going to change. What is the inevitable outcome? A fight. It's called enmity, Ephesians 2, war. Always going to be a conflict. You have to realize that. And Bible teaching and Bible preaching always is to give you familiarity with what the Bible says. That's number one. That's number one. Number two, by the way, you should be familiar with what the Bible says. You should be familiar with what the Bible says. You must not be ignorant of what the Bible says. Now, number two, not only is the church supposed to teach and preach the Bible so you get familiar with what the Bible says, it, you are to get Bible answers for sincere questions. So as you, as you get familiar, you have answers. You get answers. You get familiar, you get answers to sincere questions. Now, you'll always have insincere questions, and you're going to have to have wisdom to answer a fool according to his folly, answer not a fool according to his folly. But generally, the more you learn, the more you are aware of, the more you become familiar with, the more you know what the Bible says, the more answers you should have. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? Amen. Now, 2 Peter 3.18, turn to that verse quickly, please. 2 Peter 3.18. When you get familiar with the Bible, you will have answers for some questions. Some questions because you won't have the answers to every question. But as you get more familiar, you'll have more answers to more questions. 2 Peter 3.18 commands us to give an answer, to have an answer. 2 Peter 3.18 tells us, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
To Him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. What is that about? That is about being exposed to the Bible, getting familiar with the Bible, having an education in the Bible. So when you read the Bible day by day and year by year, you are to get more familiar with what the Bible says. That's how it's supposed to be. You ever look at a map for the first time? A map of the U.S.? Now, if you live in Hawaii, you don't know where the states are. You don't know where Kona is and Maui and Aina Luna. But you don't know about the other states. You're just not interested in it. Look at a map of the U.S. and you see on the left and the right, you see different states, south, north, and all that. Right? As you look at it, you first will say, oh, so many states. And then you ask, who, who put the demarcation lines? Who put the boundaries there? You know, and, well, Did it just happen like that? And you look at that and pretty soon you say, oh, this is too much information. Turn the page, shut the book. Then you open it again, look at it again. And pretty soon you begin, oh, California's over here. There's a long one over here. You can smell the wheat coming out of that picture. <laughs> and then you look, okay, this bigger than is Texas. And then you go over here, okay, New York and Great Lakes. And, you, and, and oh, interesting. And then look at it again and you say, oh. The more you look at that map, the more you realize what state goes where. Oh, North Dakota, South Dakota. North Dakota, and then that is South Dakota. Oh, really? Interesting, yeah. Arizona next to Nevada, I think. <laughs> and you say, oh, interesting. Oh, that long thing down here looks like, that's Florida, okay. And then you say, ah, you get to know the states, and you look at it again. The more you look at the, the map of the U.S., the more you get familiar with it, and the more you get familiar with it, the more you like it. Then you begin to say, okay, the state capital of California is, and the state capital of Florida is, and you begin to get, and, and you say, okay, there's the Mississippi River, Missouri, and the, the, the Great Lakes, he's the name that, and all this. You get more from what that, it becomes kind of interesting. When you read your Bible, you get more exposed to it, you get more familiar with it, Amen. you say, okay, okay, this is this, this, this. Here are some questions people ask. You might have some of your own that you, you have heard uh, people ask. Uh, some questions that you should have answers in uh, for, okay? He says, growing grace and in the knowledge. If you have knowledge, you have answers. Here are some questions, common questions that you should have an answer for. I believe in God and I must be a Christian. Your answer is? See, you should have an answer for that. Many claim to be the Christ. Who is the true Christ? You should have an answer for that if you are more familiar with the Bible. The 144,000 in Revelation are Jehovah's Witnesses. That's what they told me when they came to my house. Is that true? Well, you have to have an answer for that. There are so many religions, they can't all be right. Which one is the right one? You have to have an answer. You do have an answer if you're familiar with the Bible. Uh, how will the world end? How will the world end? Is that movie you saw about the apocalypse, is it true? Is that movie you saw about Noah and his ark, is that true? When the flood came and, and Noah cranked the, door, the, the ramp up, is that true? <laughs> Impressive, but is it true? Where do you go to to show the actual event? You have to be familiar with the Bible. What, uh, what about tattoos? Is the kid have tattoos? Can I get a tattoo? I'm not going to put six, six, six on my forehead. But I'm going to put on my arm, something on my arm. You know, tattoos are very popular. Been popular for decades, it seems like. Uh, there's a Christian tattoo shop in Waikiki. Did you know that? A Christian tattoo shop. Should a Christian have a tattoo shop? No. Uh, I don't know. Well, why don't you know? 
you should be familiar with the Bible so you can have an answer. Uh, will my pets be in heaven? Dogs, yes. Cats, no. <laughs> Second Maccabees chapter 5 tells us that. <laughs> Is baby baptism okay? Can I baptize a baby? Will that sanctify? Will that set apart a baby? Will that redeem that baby of original sin? What's your answer? You should have an answer. My pastor's a woman. Cool, right? Do I have a soul? If you're from the Bible, you should have an answer. Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Is evolution compatible to the Bible? I don't always feel spiritual. Do I have to get saved again? Now, if you if you say to any of these questions, uh, I'll only give you about 14 of them. If your answer to 10 of this, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Shame on you. You should have an answer for some of these things. Now, that's the byproduct of being familiar with the Bible. You have answers for some of these questions. What are the other questions I have not list? Give me one or two more. Anybody? Quickly. One or two more. Okay. What have you been asked? You haven't been asked anything. Someone once said to me, you know that 1 Timothy 2.5 says that, to shut a door. But, but Mary, what about Mary? What about? What about Mary? What about Mary? First uh, Timothy 2.5, there's one mediator between God and the main branch Jesus. She said, I know that, but what about Mary? Oh, she asked that. What about Mary? Then you should have an answer about Mary. The answer is right there in 1 Timothy 2.5. Only one mediator between man and God, the man, the man, the man, Christ Jesus, you see. So now, you don't have to be a, a Bible scholar, but you should be more of a student of the Bible. You should not shortchange yourself and say, oh, I cannot know that, I cannot, I cannot. You should stop saying, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. Stop telling yourself, oh, I cannot. That's for someone else to know. I cannot, I cannot. Stop saying that. We learn what we must learn. We learn what's important to us. What's important to us, we learn. Have you ever taken a job that you're not familiar with, but you felt you had to have a job? And you learned what was required of the job? And at first you're so scared, but then you learn to adapt and learn, and someone was kind to help you, to teach you. Now sometimes, sometimes the job is not for you, so you don't do that. A long time ago, I mean years ago, I was going to do one of these, uh, back then they had employment agencies where you sign up with them and uh, you, you worked on what kind of work you like to do, part-time or whatever. And then so I did that one time, long time ago. And so there was an opening at Wholesome Bakery over by IM. Do you know what that is or was? I think it's still there, I'm not sure. But it was uh, like a 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. thing. And our kids were small if, I don't know if they were even were alive, but I think they were small. <laughs> so I did that thing and then I went over there, uh, report to this office, ask for so-and-so, and this person's gonna help you to know what to do because you show up cold. You don't know what to do. You show up cold, the guy's gonna train you. And it's an assembly line. It's wrapping bread, loaves of bread, different wrappers, loves, wholesome, and something else. 
And so same bread, but different wrappers. <laughs> and you were to you know, okay, okay, after this one, you, you change the label to this, okay? Change the wrapper to that. Well, the lady was a very poor teacher or wasn't listening because of all the noise. Probably a combination of two. And all this stuff is just squeezing by me. So I wasn't processing what else. Was, I couldn't see what was to be done. I got very flustered, frustrated, and just, just, oh, anxious. And then this lady came over here, my supervisor, my superior, and uh, she said, hey, hey, you gotta do the kind. The kind what? Oh, you gotta do the kind, you know, we had a kind. I said, do what? You know, you're supposed to, I told you, I said, yeah, but, and she's, oh, and she just did it herself, and she's very upset with me. And I was thinking, oh, man. And then uh, she said, okay, now here's what to do. We're going to shift to a wholesome bread. So you got to put the wrapper. You got it? I said, no. <laughs> and she said, what's the matter with you? I said, I felt like saying, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, but I have to have instruction. You're not instructed. You're just yelling. Yeah. It was so, you know, I walked up the job. I just took off. They didn't know where I went. They're still looking for me. <laughs> After 30 years, they're still looking for me. They have never found me. Not for me. Not for me. But have you ever done something that you just have to learn to do it and you learn to do it? Some people, we once volunteered at the, I think it was me and Carlton, went down to the Republican headquarters. We volunteered to take phone calls or make phone calls for the Republican Party several years ago. And that was kind of enjoyable, but um, it didn't last very long. But uh, that was something that we could handle. And so, have you ever done a job where you were, you're so unfamiliar with it, you have no experience with it, but then you learn to do it, and after a while you get good at that? But you did tell yourself at the beginning, I can't do it. Well, when it comes to the Bible and getting to know more of the Bible, you cannot say to yourself, I can't do it. You have to tell yourself, I can and I shall, and I'm going to be diligent to learn, diligent to learn, diligent to learn, and I shall learn it. And you can, all right? So you need to have some um, familiarity with the Bible so you can give answers. Now, don't be ashamed if you don't have all the answers. Okay? You can always find out from an older, more mature Christian. That's always good. So not everybody can have all the answers. But you can get answers from somebody else who has gone through the same wondering about answers. Okay? All right? Just do not do this. Just do not do this. Just don't do this. Just don't have the mentality of... No, no. Uh, put your brain in gear and pretend you're getting paid for this. Pretend you're getting paid to have answers. We should have a little contest with this group. And I would say, okay, I'll give you some questions a list of questions if you find Bible answers or principles and if you get all 10 correct you get so much so if I put a dollar value on answers <coughs> let's put a dollar value answer okay for every answer that you get right is $10 okay it could be one of these questions that I had on my list my made up list if you can find a reasonable answer $10 to you now here's what you're gonna to say to yourself. Wow, I'm gonna try. Wait a minute. Uh, 
per answer. Reasonable biblical answer. $20 per. I know what you're going to be thinking. Okay, if I get 20 answers right, 20 times 20 is... Four hundred. Wow! If I get twenty answers right, four hundred. If I get forty answers right, eight hundred. And you're going to be thinking Las Vegas now. <laughs> Trip to the Big Island. Trip to whatever. Whatever you think about. You see, that just proves you can if you make an effort. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm just throwing out to you to tell you, for you to tell yourself you can if yeah. you put out an effort. Number three, the third reason why we always emphasize the Bible in church is because you need to grow genuine convictions. Grow genuine Alright, everything makes the G here. Get familiar. Get familiar, get answers, and then grow genuine convictions. All begins with the G to help you remember this lesson. Now, as you get familiar, as you have confidence to give some answers, you should remember that that's not enough. Having information is not enough. Having answers is not enough. It's all part of it. But it's not enough. There's no substitute for getting the right knowledge, information. There's no substitute for giving out a biblical answer. No substitute. But the third thing is really, 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 really important. And that is to grow genuine convictions, biblical convictions. And so um, it's more than just information gathering. It's more than just knowing. It's more than just this. It is about adopting the truth that you learn to be true and it alters it affects your living it alters your lifestyle it alters your thinking when you have God's wisdom and when you learn what the Bible teaches then it should not just be academic what happens if you're just academic if you just know answers what happens to you if you just have all the answers and you know all these information, all these facts. What happens to you? Subtly, but it happens to you. You get very cocky. You, you act cocky, you talk cocky, you act like a smart aleck, you think like you got all the answers, because you do. You think you got all the answers, and you walk on like this. You got any questions? Ask me, I know. You hear someone talking. Excuse me, I have the answer to that. You peacock. You peacock. You ever see a peacock walk around, shut around, all showing off all these feathers? Peacock, you peacock Christian. That is not the reason to get information and to learn the Bible. It is so that it affects your thinking, it affects your actions, it affects your body, it affects your life. You grow genuine convictions. Uh, you become a true believer. Have you ever heard that phrase, a true believer? A true believer is somebody who really believes that they believe and they do things that seems to be out of the ordinary. Not long ago, there were some people who were protesting big oil. You know what they did? They got onto a road in Britain, in Great Britain, London, and just laid on the, sat in the road in yellow office, holding hands, sat there 
Oncoming traffic to the back. Of course, it was um, rural traffic, not really high-speed traffic. But this set, the cops had to come, people had to stop, traffic had to stop, they had to get hauled off on the side. I, I saw one cop do something I really liked. He just grabbed him and threw him to the side. <laughs> if he had only done this, that would have been perfect. The guy was a danger to people and danger to himself. But they were gentle. They had to do like the women had to come by. Excuse me, can I ask you to move? I'm thinking, excuse me, can I have you move? Can you? No, just to get out of here. You're blocking up traffic. What if an ambulance is coming by? Huh? Someone dies now because of you, you idiot? No, they got to treat them like, you know, we're going to get sued if we mistreat them. You know, it's liability. And it is. And so they believe what they think is a problem. And then, remember, you heard about these guys who glued themselves to paintings? They threw tomato soup, and they put some super glue like that, and they were stuck like that to get attention in these famous museums in, in Europe. It was to get attention for their cause against big oil. I wonder how they got them off. I wonder how they got them off. These are true believers. Uh, I'm sure they're getting paid by maybe George Soros or somebody like that. Yeah. They're being funded. What about these Muslim Muslims who strap bombs themselves? Suicide bombers. They're true believers. They believe that when they die for the cause, they get to heaven 70, 75, 85, 90, hike. 175 virgins and the green bed is, you know, just a blessed eternity if they kill themselves for the cause. Jihad. They're true believers, but they're very wrong, but they have sincerity. They're convicted. That's what you want to learn from that. They have been so influenced by what they think is true that they will do these evil, wicked things against themselves and against other people. And so having knowledge, information does not make you good. Does not make you good. Who has knowledge of God and is not good? The devil. Remember when the Lord cast out devils and he came by them? They go, oh, oh uh, what have I to do with the Jesus, thou son of God? The unclean spirit spoke out of a man. You know what that tells you? They have knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, yet they're still unclean spirits. How is it that people who have a lot of knowledge up over here have been to Bible school even, seminary, They've gone through everything that was is good to go through most of the time, learn the Bible, and yet they have wicked lives. They have a lot of secrets. How is it they can do that? Well, here's the reason. Here's the cause. They got that. They got that, but they don't have that. It, it hasn't changed. It hasn't influenced them so that their heart has been changed. Their thinking hasn't been changed. They're just intellectual Christians on the outside but it hasn't changed their inside. Very dangerous thing. So it has to come to the place of adopting true convictions. You have to not just be content with knowing and knowing and knowing and knowing and knowing. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to have the Word of God affect your thinking, affect your response to things in this world. Why is it that you and I will never approve and go for homosexual marriages? Why is it that 
the church and individual Christians here, you would never say it's okay for a gay marriage. What an oxymoron, a gay marriage. That's not a gay marriage. That's not a happy marriage. You never, never go for certain things that the culture is trying to, kind of, trying to change. We can never go for certain things. Why? Because convicted, convicted, strong belief, strong belief, you're going to have a fight. That is the rule set by men in the 17th, in the 18th century. It's still true. It's still true. That will not change. You may as well make your mind. If the Bible is true, if what I'm learning is true, I will have conflict with this. Now, you don't have to be confrontational. And I'm not advocating being confrontational. I'm just saying, when it gets down to it, you'll never have agreement because they strongly believe certain things and they strongly believe we should. This is why uh, General Mattis says, we can never convert people in Afghan to be like Americans because they believe certain things. We believe certain things. To impose American values on this country cannot work. They like living in tents. They like traveling by camel. They like fighting with single shot rifles. They like, they like to do certain things. Our girls cannot go to school. Our girls cannot be a certain way. We're not gonna change them. You always gonna have a conflict. Spiritually speaking, that is true. And so, uh, come to Job 15, we have to stop here. Job 15, verse number two. The reason to get knowledge and be exposed and be thrown with the scripture is so that you can have answers for someone also so that you develop sincerely held convictions. You have to be persuaded to the place of change. Job 15.2, here's a good verse to connect us to end the lesson today. Should a wise man utter vain knowledge? Vain knowledge, you know what vain knowledge is? Vain knowledge is learning all the facts, the status, the, the, the stats, information, information gathering until you're overflowing with information. Until you are a walking encyclopedia. You ever meet people who have all the answers? It's kind of interesting. Uh, there's a math genius. He's a real genius. She actually, she came out to McKinley High School years ago and it was on the news. She could do calculations on the board like that. Just like that. She had all the information in her head. She was very, very intelligent, very unique. But when you have all the answers from the Bible, okay, helpful, good, necessary. Must, must be familiar with the Bible, but that's not the end. Vain knowledge is just having truth, information, but it doesn't affect, it doesn't persuade you to live Christ-like. It's vain knowledge. The worst thing that can happen to you in this church is to just know, know, know. Prophecy, doctrine, know all important things, but you never have a changed way of viewing life. It's not Christ-like, it's not biblical, it's just you're, you're the same old dog. You're the same old dog. That does not help. It's vain knowledge. You ever see wild animals? You ever see animals in the wild? Sometimes, sometimes check out YouTube and see how lions, leopards, alligators, worst of all, thank God they're not in this island or our islands, the Komodo dragon. You ever said Komodo dragon? Komodo dragon, look it up sometime, but not now. The Komodo dragon is an awful 
this is it, it is it's a it's a, like a dinosaur they can open their mouth it stretches you know the jaw stretches like that they can open their mouth they will swallow animals twice their size head first alive they are awesome vicious reptiles they're spooky now they cannot eat a turtle but they will try to you ever see a crocodile fight with a lion or a leopard who would win it depends I have seen leopard drag a crocodile out of the water and eat it I've seen giraffes fight off lions protecting their young by kicking you ever see a giraffe kick oh man they'll kick a field goal 200 yards that's a powerful kick when you watch things like that you realize one thing that they knowledge is where it doesn't affect you persuade you to do better as Christians you would be like an animal and still have all this knowledge in your head some of the worst criminals and evil people in this world they're really smart up here they know how to work the system they're very clever but being clever is not being wise the wisdom of this world makes you do stuff like that the wisdom of God causes you to look at life differently look at life in a Christ-like way so that your behavior is more like I want to honor Christ rather than just do what I want to do an animal that I meant those animals that I mentioned they have instinct they would do what they do because of instinct you ever, bears I don't like bears I don't like bears the teddy bear has made us think bears are nice and cuddly they're not they're not teddy bears are fun but they're not real real bears black bears grizzly bears brown bears they're all vicious you ever see them kill they climb trees don't ever climb a tree if you see a bear coming after you they can climb faster than you can climb up a tree and they're very smart they're very smart and they're big and they're huge polar bears are also pretty much you're dead if they come at you unless you have a 45 or a elephant gun or something like that you're dead they will get you killer whales you know killer whales are very smart too when they hunt seal a seal could be in an ice big patch of ice and they can't get onto the ice well, the, the seal just goes like this you know the seal look at the face of a seal <laughs> hitting sun so innocent so cute so safe on the ice you know what the you know what the killer whales do they get three or four of them they're under the ice and they'll flap like that and cause waves and the ice will break up and all of a sudden this football long ice that the seal was on now is only 10 feet it's all broken up and they keep splashing and the, and the sea will help get to the water and guess who's waiting for them they have an instinct you have an instinct I have an instinct it's called the flesh and if your flesh is not controlled or influenced by what you learn from the Bible you potentially you potentially can be the most corrupt evil person ever known if you don't let the word of God persuade you to do otherwise okay this is why some people that you know you trust them with their life because you know that they have been persuaded by the word of God it's not just knowledge it has affected them and you can trust them true true and uh, so that's why you always get the Bible because the hope is you get affected by it so that you develop genuine convictions 
right is right, right is right, and something is wrong, it will always be wrong. Okay, any questions? I may not have an answer for you, but I will get one. <laughs> All right, we'll take a short break. And uh, Stan, before you take off, I need to have a quick one.